May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. So if you're like me, you like to be the hero of the story. We like to center ourselves in the story. We do that at Thanksgiving, right? Like sometimes we actually, as kids, put on the costumes of the major characters from this story. Maybe we don't tell the the whole story, at least not for five and six-year-olds. But like even our opening hymn, right? Like we sang this opening hymn. We gather together to ask the Lord's blessing. He chastens and hastens his will to make known. We use that first person plural, we gather together. But then you get to that third line, and it said, the wicked oppressing now cease from distressing. These words were written in 1625 by a Puritan. So that wicked oppressor would be the Anglicans. (laughs) So I don't know that we can actually claim to be part of that we that gathers together. Maybe. But we like to center ourselves in the story. But the act of thanksgiving is something that helps pull us out from the center of the story. Because just the act of thanksgiving itself acknowledges that there's something beyond our ability to do on our own. It's what we do every week when we come to the Eucharist. We kneel, we hold our hands out, and we receive something not because of anything we've ever done. And I think we get a lesson in this in our first reading from Deuteronomy when Moses sets out for the people of God a clear process for what they're to do now that they've entered into this land of promise. He says, take some of the first fruit of all the ground, put it in a basket, go to the place the Lord your God will choose. When you get there, hand it to a priest as an offering of thanksgiving. And then Moses tells God to to remember what's happened before. To remember how God heard their cry when they were enslaved. To remember how God set them free when they were in bondage. To remember how God showed God's power with great signs and wonders. To remember how God led them through a wilderness when they kept getting lost for years and years and years. And now that they've come to the place that God has set aside for them, what does Moses tell them to do? He tells them to share their bounty with aliens and foreigners and those others who live alongside them. Because the very act of thanksgiving is an opportunity for us to acknowledge, embrace, and embrace that our blessings come from somewhere else and they're not due to anything we do and they're not even meant solely for us. And so tomorrow when you sit down at your tables, give thanks for the food before you and and those who prepared it and those who gather around you. But also give thanks to the people who planted the food, who raised the animals. Give thanks for the people who loaded it on trucks and hauled it from wherever. Give thanks to the people who cut it up, packaged it. Give thanks to the people who are going to take our trash bags and throw them in another truck and take them somewhere else 
Give thanks to those who help make it possible for us to gather together. Because even our Thanksgiving dinners, yes, my mom is going to cook for a really long time, but even our Thanksgiving dinners aren't just because of mom's cooking. There's a lot that goes into it that enables even that to happen. The blessings we're able to share are not due solely to anything we do. And the blessings we're given are not meant just for us. And as Christians, right, Thanksgiving is, is not just you know, a practice to help us, right? There's plenty of studies that show that gratitude is actually good for your health, right? Mental and physical health. But we as Christians don't just do it to live our best life. We do it because God commands it. It's a spiritual practice generated out of God's own love for us. And so I sent out a letter via email to the congregation. Hopefully you received it today. We're entering into a time where we're going to work on gratitude and thanksgiving from now right up until Easter. And so we're going to have practices we do each month to help us realize, number one, what are the things we're grateful for? Not just the big things we always think about, but what are the little things that we're thankful for? Right? What are the ways that we can, can share our blessings with others? Right? What are the ways that our thanksgiving can overflow into the community? And so for these next few months, I want to invite you to join me in slowing down, pausing, thinking about those things for which we're grateful it's really easy on Friday morning, or Thursday night, whenever you go out, to go stand in line because you've got to get those doorbusters. I do it too. But let's take some time and, and, and think about those blessings in our own lives. And as a community, we're going to think about those blessings in our common life. And I'm hopeful that, that these next few months, months will give us an opportunity to recenter our minds on, on the blessings of this congregation and the blessings we receive from this congregation and the blessing that this congregation can be to the world. That's kind of the purpose of this whole operation that we're embarking on. And so as, as we begin, let me be the first to say thank you. Thank you all for believing in the mission of this congregation. Thank you all for believing that God is doing something good through the mission and ministry of St. Martin's. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your presence. Thank you. Amen.